we had mentioned before about a Tuesday night Bible study, and I passed this around. I think I'm going to start it the last Tuesday in this month, so not next week, the week after. And if you're in the women's journaling, we put a Saturday option for you that we'll, we'll do later. This will be six weeks to eight weeks. This depends on um, you know, how much ground we can cover, but we'll do it again. And for those that can only do it on Saturdays, you get another chance. Just check the box on what day or night works best for you. I want to teach how to get the most out of the Bible. If you're studying the Bible, you have a lot of questions. How many don't even know, like, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? You don't have to raise your hand, but some people don't. They don't know a minor prophet from a major prophet. Just a lot of things. Uh, what do we do with the law? What's the purpose of the law of Moses? And, and then how do you read the Bible? What's the best way to study? There's different methods. I think it'd be a great study for anybody, but if you're struggling in your Bible study and you want to learn how to read and study the Bible, Tuesday nights at, I think we said 7, didn't we? 7 o'clock. What we'll probably do is have 6.30 fellowship time come for a half hour we'll have fellowship. Then we'll start teaching at 7 should be done by 8 o'clock. Again, if you're in women's journaling, uh, plan on coming on a Saturday when we start. To just pass that down as we go. Randy, make sure that makes it through both sides. If you want to sign up, please sign up. Put your number there so I can get a hold of you. All right, and Randy, can you give out the, the teaching aids there? This teaching aid, you need to bring it every week, and you should be writing scriptures and notes on it. I actually have more. There'll probably be about 10 more teaching aids that go with this lesson. And this is like a foundational or a fundamental lesson for Christians. And so I want you to make notes on it. And if I use scriptures, put those scriptures by the boxes, you'll see. But you can go back to this and refer to this again and again. We'll be in this for a while. Got a few more announcements for me, and then I'll get started. We are considering, uh, we've been in the Utica Memorial Day Parade for the past, I don't know, seven years maybe. We have a float, and we march around the city of Utica. We normally pass out candy and a flyer inviting kids to the summer feeding program, and then there's a message about Jesus maybe in there too, and contact information about the church. How many of you, it's on a, the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, how many of you would come and sit on the float or help us hand out stuff on that weekend? So just give me an idea. I don't want just to be Pam and I. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. About 11 of us, and if, if you can be there and you didn't raise your hand, it's a lot of fun um, to go on that. We basically just hand the kids candy and laugh. Hi, Greg. <laughs> Good to see you, brother. Sorry, I didn't return your call. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> okay, and then uh, I had an idea. How many knows the church is supposed to love one another? Don't make me start preaching right now, because I'll just get off my sermon before I even start. Are we supposed to love one another? Are we supposed to be fighting all the time? How many believe Jesus said, go into all the world, start a church, and fight with one another until I come? And split off into about a thousand other churches, right? Now, he said, the world will know you belong to me because you love one another, we're one in spirit. We're never going to agree on everything. Did you know that? Okay. How many husbands and wives in this congregation, you agree with each other on everything? Would you stand up, please? Jeff and Evelyn only. <laughs> you just never will. And we should, as we get to know the Lord better, I really believe that our understanding uh, will we'll get closer and closer in our understanding about the Word as we study it. But if everybody that had a different opinion went to a different church, you'd never have any unity, you'd never have any togetherness, and the body of Christ would just keep being divided. And in fact, that's Satan's strategy, just divide and conquer. 
divide and conquer. Just keep the people divided. What a power it would be. What if in the city of Utica you had one church, everybody was working together, and you had like all, I think Utica's what, 2,000 some people in the city proper. What if the thousand Christians that are in Utica got together as a unit? It just, everything that happened in the city would go through the church, wouldn't it? I mean, not in a good way, not by force, just even democracy, it would just go that way. But when we stay divided, um, we just don't grow. And so I want to encourage the church to unity and to loving one another. Loving, there's, everyone's different in some way. Don't allow those differences to cause you to despise your brother or to look down. And as Christians, I know many Christians, even right now, if I had you raise hands, people are struggling with things. Did you know that? And people struggle in different areas. And we need to be patient with one another and pray for one another and encourage one another. When you're born again, the Spirit of Jesus comes to live inside of you. And when Jesus comes to live inside of you, you want to do what's right. Is anybody in this room that's a Christian that wants to uh, go murder something? Well, uh, bear. Let, me, let me reel that back. Um, a little extreme. Is any Christian in this room that doesn't want to do what's right? Right? Any true Christian is going to want to do it. That's your heart. That's who you are by nature. That's your identity. And we get our identity mixed up. Now, I believe everybody wants to, but people struggle in different ways. Sometimes it's self-struggle. Sometimes people struggle with others. And sometimes people struggle out of pure ignorance. They just don't know who they are. Talent, what did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. If they did, they wouldn't do it. So I said all that to say this, you know, we're, we are called to love one another. And we have people in the church that are struggling. And when, uh, the, our church has the benevolence fund, as you know, and we actually have our church tithes our money. So any if you put $10 in the offering, a dollar of it's going to leave the church. And for example, we support P.T. Christopher. He's an Indian, uh, really, he has an apostolic ministry, but he's an Indian missionary. He, he lives in, near Chennai, and he builds houses for lepers. We've been there. Our church built two houses for lepers. I've been in the leper colonies, seen the lepers. He supports a blind village there. I've been to that blind village. Um, he supports widows. He supports young women that they can get a trade of sewing. And he has a soul winning ministry. They go every month, they go to 100 villages in India and preach the gospel. And yes, sometimes they're persecuted. So, we, so 3% of your tithe goes to P.T. Christopher. How many knew that? Just only a couple. See that? So, so in our giving, we want to take care. We also have a benevolence fund that we have a box that you can put in. And I always encourage you, bring a dollar, bring something, throw it in there. But 1% of our tithe goes to that, uh, in that benevolence. So people in the church that need help can get help. And we do help people. We do it anonymously. We try to do it quietly. But there are people that struggle. I have people come to me and maybe they're a, a single parent or they're working and they, they don't have electric in their house and they go to this church or they have bills they can't pay. Maybe cars are going to be repossessed and they can't pay their bills. They're right here in this church. Or uh, they could be struggling in a hundred different ways. And I would love for the men and women that have special skills that would be willing to give a day a month or you know if you whatever you could do to come and help some of these people does that make sense having trouble with your electric we're going to get some folks together that know about electric and come over to your house and help you it's just not right you know right now and I, maybe I'll get into this a little more later but so many people are struggling with inflation if your wages go up 1% and the inflation is about 15 to 20%, uh, you're not going to keep up, especially if you're already earning 
money that's what's that called um, subsistence living where you're just able to pay the bills well when food doubles in price you're going to struggle and there are people that are struggling right now so we want to help them are there any men or women in here that have skills that would be willing to help out maybe you know once a month or something okay you know i know pam's a painter i know pam would paint we got some once you come talk to me when we're done, I'll get your name. We won't overwork you, and we'll try to find the most urgent needs. But if you'll come to me and give me your phone number, so when we have these situations, maybe we can gather and we can help some of these folks. I literally, I've counseled people. I've had something I do. If you ever get serious about getting out of debt, I've created budgets for people. And I won't handle your money, but I've pe people in the family and people I've known, I've taken their money and I've given them a budget, and I was the money Nazi, you know, like you're not spending money without going, and I've got people out of debt. Um, some folks don't know where their money's going. I knew a person I was counseling financially, and I was trying to figure out where the money's going, starting a spreadsheet, and like $10 a day was going to the Stop and Go or the Dairy Mart every day. How much is that a month? $300, right? And if you can't pay your electric, which is $260, what's one way you could pay it immediately? Stop going to the stop and go, right? And uh, there's, just, there's uh, practical ways. Plus, when we see that you're doing everything you can do to make it and you can't, that just makes us want to help you all that much more. Amen? And what I've noticed, and I've had this happen countless times, the church has helped people, or Pam and I have helped people, and it's almost like when we're generous, God, this, it's, I, I gotta, there's almost like a law of the Spirit. When you're generous to somebody and you give, a lot of times, all of a sudden, once you give and help, God opens doors for them. We've helped people in need, they got a job, like the next couple of weeks, boom, they got a job. We've helped people in need, and then boom, God opened up other doors for them where they got other monies that have come in or just all different ways. When we step out and do our part, it's like this. When we do our part, then God does his part. Amen? And there is scripture on that. So please see me. Don't forget that. It's really important. And I, I'm not really handy with my hands. I can help people with budgets and things, but we just want to help folks. We do all kind of outreaches, and we want to help the poor, right, Bo? We help the poor. We got poor people right in our church. They're struggling. They're working hard, people that are working hard. Don't you think that's important? Yeah. Amen, I do. So please see me. All right. Is that it, Pam? Okay. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, this is an important message, and some of it's repeat. I know that. Lord, if we can get a hold of this, it can change our lives. I believe that. This is your word. Lord, just fill me with the Holy Spirit just to preach your word, just like Jeff and Evelyn prayed for me this morning, Lord, just to preach your word, God. And Lord, not, not to be a respecter of persons, not to have fear of men, but just preach your word like it's meant to be preached. It's your word that ultimately changes us, and we want to be changed. Open the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our understanding. Enlighten us, Lord. Build your faith in us, Lord, so we can walk after you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to read this. We read it all, I think, where I started last week. I'm going to read a portion of it. And then we're going to break into this a little bit. We're going to be in the scriptures a lot today. Matthew 26, or excuse me, 6, thank you, starting with verse 19. This is the Word of God. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Oh, man, Lord. Where moth and rust destroy, how many know three banks failed this week? How many know that? Three big banks failed this week. Okay. And where thieves break in and steal, 
But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So true, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's absolutely true. It's infallible. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and you will love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Someone say cannot. cannot. You cannot. It's impossible. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't. What is mammon? Some scholar tell me what mammon is. It means the New International, I think, calls it money. There's actually a greater concept behind it. It does have to do with money. Anybody else give me any insight into it? Okay, it was an idol. There's actually a god of mammon, okay, and they worshiped the god of mammon. It comes from a god that, that they would worship money. People worship. So it means an idol or mammon. They're, they're worshiping money or they're praying and believing an idol as their source. What, what else does someone say? Possessions. It's your possessions. Fame. fame. Says you can't serve both. Now, I want to talk to you today. There's two systems in this world, and it goes beyond money. I'm going to talk about money. I don't know how much I will today. I talk about it. But it goes beyond just money. There are two systems in this world. And I got a little checklist here over the weeks we're going to go through. You can't serve God and money. There is a way to serve God, and there's a way to serve the world system. There's a way to be righteous. Um, men have their way of being righteous. And God has his way of being righteous. In fact, I, I talked to a guy. Sam, where are you at? You're, yeah, Sam, we talked to a guy. And uh, Matt, we, we talked to a guy. And um, he made that statement, which you hear so often. This was in Stoffs. He said, uh, all religions are the same. Remember, he said that. And, and that's what the world believes. But it's not true. There are two systems of righteousness. The Christian way of being right with God is, and righteous before God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Period. I, I preach it enough. You don't add to it or take away from it. Oh, I could talk to you. That's one of the ways that we struggle and miss it. We're saved by faith, but we walk by faith. We live by faith. Everything we do, we need to have faith. We're sanctified. We're made holy by faith. You're not holy because you try harder. That's why people struggle so much. If you're struggling, trying to be holy. I heard a story of a guy that had a problem with cigarettes. He couldn't quit. And the pastor said, just keep Tell the Lord you believe you're free. Just keep believing you're free. Just keep trusting God. And he said, lo and behold, just heard it this week, Ken, Dan Moeller message. He said, um, it was a few days later, he realized that he had not been smoking. He just started trusting God, saying, God, you set me free. The preacher said, when you light up a cigarette, tell God you're free. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Well, he was believing God. And it turned out that the man got free from cigarettes when he believed he was free. We walk by faith. You're steered by faith. Whatever you truly believe, that's what you'll walk by. If you really believe that God is a rewarder, you'll do some things for and to God. Giving is all about that. When you really believe, hey, God sees what I'm doing. God knows what I'm It changes the way you look at giving. I don't care, you know, what you do, and I don't know what people give in this church. I don't know how you help people or don't. The reason I would talk about it is for your sake, because you need to know that. We give to the Lord, we do, and God is a rewarder, because what we truly believe is going to change our behavior. And there are two systems, and there's one system to become righteous, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. The other 
Everything's the same. It has to do with deserving or earning or working or being better on our own. We're, we're pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're trying harder. We're working harder. And I finally got through to this gentleman at the very end of the conversation. He, he got what I was saying. I said, I was at a church service one time and I was worshiping God. It was in the back of a Bible college and I, I was actually on staff there and I wound up laying on the floor and I was worshiping God at the back of the Bible college and I heard very faintly, and, and maybe some of you will know what I'm talking about, I heard the Lord springing up out of my spirit and I heard these words, Ali, Ali, income free. Who knows what that means? Who's ever played hide and seek? Whoever didn't get caught. And what did you hear? Ollie, Ollie, income free. You'd be out there hiding. They couldn't catch you. you. And finally, you had to give up. Okay, everybody, come on in. You're free. No penalty. Can't catch you anymore. Ollie, Ollie, income free. And I heard the Holy Ghost saying, Ollie, Ollie, income free. Everybody can come home. Everybody's forgiven. All you got to do is throw your hands up and come home and you're free from your sin. You're free from your burden. Everybody, Ali Ali income free. That's what Jesus did on the cross. It's a whole new way of being right. And when you run to the cross and you see yourself there, dead and buried and risen with Christ, and your sins are forgiven, when you really see it, it will change your life. When you know God's really made you free. When you know that Jesus is really living inside you now. When you really know that your debt has been dismissed. When you know you can go into your prayer room and shut the door. Something that the Lord has been showing me in my personal prayer life. I go into my room and I shut the door and I start saying, Lord, I thank you for loving me. How many of you ever don't pray because you feel condemned? Be honest. Thank you, sister. Appreciate that. Thank you. Well, sometimes I don't because maybe I haven't done everything I thought I should do. I don't feel as good as I feel like I should be. I haven't done. And there is a way, it's called faith, to wipe right past that, go into the presence of God, believe in the finished work of Christ, and say, Lord, I know you love me. The proof is, Jesus died for me on a cross. You wouldn't send your son to die on a cross for me, to take my debt, to forgive my sin, and put your spirit in me. You wouldn't do all that just to condemn me and punish me and keep me down. I don't worship that God. If that's the God that you worship, we worship two different gods. I believe you're worshiping the God of mammon. You got to keep on working. You got to keep on earning. You got to keep on trying. Maybe someday, some way, God will accept you. Maybe you do enough, pray enough, fast enough, give enough, whatever. God's going to accept you. That is not the God I'm serving. I don't want to serve Him. I want to be free. So I want to run around the church, as a matter of fact. I, I, I want to be free. I don't want to be bound. The more that you know that Jesus has set you free and the more that you believe it, it's called the gospel. The more that you really believe it, the chains come off. Your life changes. In fact, the less things, but something, this sonship idea has been coming to me. I know, and I'm really starting to believe it, Charles, that I am a son, not the son, there's only one. I am a son of God. Woo! I am a son of God. I've got a ring on my finger. I've got shoes on my feet. And I've got a robe of righteousness on me. And it's not self-righteousness. Flip over to Romans 4. It's all in your, your little spreadsheet. I'm going to be adding scriptures to that uh, flow chart there as we go along. I hope I can talk a little bit about baptism I don't have a clock, so I have no idea what time it is. Pam, why'd you tell me? <laughs> I could have just feigned ignorance the whole way through. How many have ever been forgiven of something 
You know you didn't deserve it, but that person just forgave you. What did that fill you with? Freedom, peace, relief. I've been forgiven for things I shouldn't have been forgiven for. And all the freedom. And I just, you know, thank you so much. I know I messed up. I am so sorry. I don't deserve to be forgiven, but I am just so grateful that you forgave me. I know I don't deserve it. Thank you. Gratitude, thankfulness. It changed my heart. It brought peace to me. And how many of you have ever had, maybe you didn't even really do something. To, you don't even know why, but you had someone that does not, did not like you and they will not let up on you. Anybody have that? I say, I'm surely not the only one. I got people that hate me just because I don't have hair. <laughs> you know the feeling, amen. Can I borrow your hat? <laughs> I have a little Jewish beanie that I can wear. I need, to, I need to wear that little Jewish. Then you wouldn't see that little spot on the back. I could just preach. How many thinks I should wear that? A little beanie. I just don't like the way you look. I've had people that hated me, and I mean hated me. They almost gnashed their teeth. They hated me. How did that make you feel when somebody hated you, despised you, and would not let you up? You feel gross, dark. If you let it get to you, you'll feel unworthy. You'll be ashamed. You'll feel less than. You won't have any confidence around that person. You're always trying to be hiding or, or feeling bad about your, if you allow their opinion of you to take root in your heart. Has anybody ever had that happen? Jesus, before the world was ever created, the Bible says that he was crucified before the foundation of the world. He died for you before you sinned your first sin. Before you sinned your first sin, Jesus died. He already had a plan. God was not going to be without a plan to bring you to heaven. That's where this little flow chart ends, by the way. It's heaven or hell right there at the end. God has a plan to get you over to heaven. He's not trying to send you to hell, by the way. It's not what he wants. Flip over to Romans 4. I'll start with verse 1. You guys with me? I really wish I could just like preach for an hour. Let's take a break. Go get something to eat. Come back. I'll preach for another hour. Let's take a break. Let's come back. I'll preach for another hour. Go home. Do your laundry. Get ready. Come back. I'll preach for another hour. And then I might be like my opening statement may be, may be finished. Because what you notice in the Word of God is everything ties into everything else. Look at these categories. Everything ties into everything else. This Word of God is consistent. It's whole. It's entire. It all feeds into itself. Rightly dividing the Word is how you know it all fits in. I, I hear uh, preachers, and I love them. Some of these guys I love, they will go back to the Old Testament and tell you what a God of wrath God is, how we should fear God, how any is holy, God is holy, no doubt about it, and they'll go in, but they'll tell you, fear God, quake and tremble, but they'll never preach to you that that same God says, I want to bless you. I want to take sickness away from you. I want to take your sins away from you. I won't remember them. That same God says, I want to bless you. I'm giving you the power to get wealth. They'll tell you to be afraid of that Old Testament God, but they'll never tell you that he set you free that he set them free financially, that he healed their diseases. It's all over the Old Testament. They don't find that God in there. They always find the one that wants to put them under the thumb. That's right. Jesus didn't come to put you under the thumb. If you're under the thumb, it's because you don't understand God or because you're mixed up with religion. The more you love Jesus, I preach it every week, the more you love Jesus, the more free you'll be. It's all about the heart. The more you love your wife, the less chance you have of cheating on her. You, you starting to look around, stop, look back at your wife, and start loving your wife. Women, you start looking at another man, quit looking at him. Start looking at your husbands, and husbands, don't make it so hard for them. I'm not preaching to you. Yeah. Planet Fitness is open 24 hours a day, by the way. <laughs> Don't make it hard for them. Lay off those donuts. 
And you know what, honestly, from my experience, most women just want to be respected and treated right. Right? It doesn't help to have washboard abs, but that's not what they're looking for at the end of the day, right? (laughs) All right, back to the word. (laughs) Right, washboard abs help when you're bald. That's true. That's why I run so much. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay, I get it, okay. Oh, help me, Lord. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? St. Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, what did he find out? What did Abraham find out? He did a bunch of searching after God. What did he find out? For if Abraham were made right, made righteous, justified by works, he could boast about it, but he couldn't boast before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for... There's two kinds of righteousness. There's only two kinds. You do it or God does it. It's better when God does it. The reason you judge people is because you're trying to do it yourself. The people that don't judge people are the ones that know they got it by grace. They know what a dog they were. They know they got forgiven. He that's forgiven much loves much. Doesn't the word of God say that? The more you're for- Don't go out and sin just to find out. But the more you're forgiven, the more you're going to love God. In fact, all of us, when God shows you who you really are, and he reveals it to you, your innate ability to be selfish, and then he lets you know, hey, I've forgiven you, the more that you understand that, the more you're going to forgive others. He who is forgiven much loves much. He or she who is forgiven little loves little. We all need to be forgiven much. Someone say amen. I know you better than you think I do. We all need to be forgiven much. What did he find out? He believed God and it was a credit to him for righteousness. Now, to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. If you work, someone's got to pay you a salary. So if you want to get on the work system with God, just go back under the law, be the best person you could be, and then you go to God on that basis and try to get something from God. That's what you want to do. You go ahead and do it. Good luck. But to him who does not work, but believes on him. Who's the him we're believing on? Jesus. Jesus. It really is all about Jesus, get struggling Christian, oh, struggling Christian, get your eyes off yourself. I heard a great sermon by a Baptist guy when I was a little kid. This is one of those Baptist churches. They were King James only, and the girls, uh, the women wore dresses down to here. You know, why is it the guys can wear whatever they want, but they always make the girls wear special stuff? Why is that? Girls, you got to wear dresses down to here. Guys, just wear jeans, t-shirt. It don't matter, right? Why'd they pick on the girls for? Anyway, it was one of those churches. And, but this pastor was a good preacher. Did I, did I just step over the line there, interfere? This pastor was a good preacher, but it was kind of one of those type of uh, uh, Baptist churches. He preached a message, and you know it was good because I was just a little kid, and I've never forgot it. The name of his message was, Martha, Martha, get out of the kitchen. How many women would like that message? Going home to cook? Amen. Martha, Martha, get out of the kitchen. Mary was worshiping God at Jesus' feet. She was learning about Jesus. She was being taught by Jesus. She was receiving from Jesus. She was loving Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with serving. We all need to serve. But Mary was taking the better part. And Mary got, or Martha got mad because... Mary was worshiping and loving Jesus, and he was pouring out on her blessings, and old Martha was working for it. I'm just so tired. I do so much for the church. I'm cooking, and I'm cleaning, and all. just my husband makes me work, and, you know, God, I just don't do enough, and she's miserable. Martha, put your name in there. Martha, Martha, get out of the kitchen. Get rid of that kitchen mentality with the Lord. 
we go into the presence of the Lord and we learn the great commandment is love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself, loving God. When that happens and you get up from worshiping Jesus, I preached it a hundred times, when you get up from loving Jesus, when you get up from praying and spending time with the Lord, you're going to be the best servant in the church because Jesus is going to be doing it in you. Amen? We'll get there. It'll be Christ in you. It won't be you anymore witnessing. It won't be you anymore praying for the sick. The Lord will raise up inside of you. How many men love it when your girlfriend or your husband tells you how cute you are? Nobody? I guess they don't tell you, right? I love it when Pam tells me that. Or how many love it when your girlfriend tells you how strong you are and, and you know, how much, how, how, you know, just how strong, how, how much they respect you and what a man that you are. How many just hate that so much when they do that? Okay, depends if it's PDA. I tell you, I love, I love when Pam makes me feel good. I, I show off in front of Pam. Okay, I, I just got to be honest, okay? <clears throat> I do stuff. I won't even talk. I just do stuff at home that I... It's probably, yeah, uh, I show, I do all kinds, of, I show off in front of Pam. I dance a little bit, I sing a little bit. It really bothers me when I can't get her attention because she's in the kitchen and she's got that Pam Kittle apron on and she's working in the kitchen and she's doing all this stuff and I can't get her attention. I'm over here singing and dancing, tap dancing. I do, I'll be honest, I do. I know I'm not the only guy that does that. I know how men are. But I love it when she stops and she laughs, and maybe she dances with me a little bit. Shows me a little of attention. Folks, when we, what God wants is he wants a relationship with you. Jesus died for you because he wants your love. He wants your affection first. We give him that, and everything else is going to fall in line. It's our lack of love of God that dries up our faith. We can, you're read like a book that you haven't been spending time with the Lord when you dry up, you can't dry up in the presence of God. You can't. You cannot dry up in the presence of God. And when we move away from God, it's not God's fault. God's not mad. We start focusing on ourselves. We start focusing on our problems, and it all becomes about us, and it just, it's an empty, and we try harder, and it just don't work. Just as David also described the blessedness of the woman to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Whom blessed, that happy, joyous, righteousness, peace, and joy to the man, the woman that understands to whom God will not impute sin, and that is to the person that puts their faith and their trust in Jesus. When you start feeling those molly grubs, go into your closet, shut the door, and start telling Jesus who he is to you. Flip over, I wish I had more time, to John... Chapter 19. We can't serve God and mammon. You can't do it both ways. Baptized Christians, you're baptized into the Lord. You belong to Jesus. You're going to find out you belong to Jesus. When we belong to Jesus, we're not under the law anymore. We're in a relationship. Here's what the Lord wants you to do. Are you ready? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. You can call it being led by the Spirit. You can call it follow me. Follow me. I'll start with verse 28 of chapter 19 of John. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, 
that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled it with the sponge, uh, filled with sour wine, and they put it on hyssop, and they put it in his mouth. So when Jesus had reached the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He said, it's done. Not one jot nor tittle is going to pass away from the law until everything is accomplished, till it's finished. Okay, this is for you baptized people. I want you to get this imagery. i take you to a scripture here in a second. Here's what happened. It's finished. When Jesus died on that cross, he had fulfilled the law and completed it totally. He had fulfilled all the... Now, there's future promises about his return. That's a different story. But he had fulfilled the righteousness of the law. He had completely obeyed the Lord. He was without sin, Jesus. And he gathered you up at that moment on the cross. He gathered you up. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That wasn't your flesh being drawn to him. That was your spirit. We were drawn up into Jesus, into his spirit, and we died with him. How many know that? You're dead, some of you, and you just don't know it. That's our problem. We don't know we're dead. I got so many directions I can go with this death because not only did you die to sin, but you died to works righteousness. You died to the law. You're not under the law. I can go too fast. I can give you too much. I know that. Flip over to Romans 7. It's done. You were brought in God's economy, in God's system of doing God's way. You were drawn up into Jesus. Your sins were put on Jesus. But not only your sins were put on Jesus, but the old sinful person that you were, that was put on Jesus too. This is where you release your faith, right here. This is where you release your faith. Your sins were put on Jesus, but you were put on Jesus too. I'm going to read, I have to get there. When Jesus was buried, you were buried with him. You're done. Your old sinful self, your old man was destroyed, was done away with. Who comes up out of the water? A new creation. The old man dies, who comes up out of that water? The new man. Who is that new man? Christ. Romans 7. I'm gonna read it. Are you guys with me? I know I can go too fast in this. I, this is kind of technical, but you got to see this. You're done. When you give your life to Jesus, that's why we don't live for ourselves anymore, because we're dead. The old person you used to be, and the Holy Spirit will make this real to you. You don't work for it. He'll pour it into you. He'll show you, the new, if you follow him, he will show you the new person that you are. He will give you the courage that you need. He will give you the wisdom that you need. Jesus will literally become everything to you. Hear me. If, you didn't, if you're not listening, listen. Jesus will become everything to you. People write books like, uh, it's all of him, or all of Jesus, none of me, or it, that's exactly the truth. He will become, doesn't the Bible say, my God shall supply all my needs through? Through Christ. Then the word of God says, he became sin who knew no sin, that you might become the right, he becomes your righteousness, he becomes your wisdom, he becomes your healing, he becomes your provision, he becomes your all in all, so he's the only one that gets the glory. If you do a little bit, you get a little glory. What did Abraham find out? There's nowhere to boast, you can't boast about it. It's all from God. You just humble yourself, Ireland, you snuggle up to Jesus and you tell him what you need. You don't even need Braden when you do that. He's a, he's a benefit. 
Okay, listen, I've got, I've got to slow this down. I've got to bring it to a close. There's so much more here. The word is so rich, way richer than we could ever imagine. It's so rich. You're free. You are so free, you don't even know how free you are. Jesus said, whoever the Son of Man sets free, you're really free. You're really free. That's why I say, stop worrying. Why are you worried? Quit worrying. Stop it. You want me to call you every time you worry and tell you to stop it? Just text me. I'll call you up and say, stop it. Okay. Romans 7, I, oh Lord. Okay, Romans 7, verse 4. Therefore, my brothers, my sisters, you also have become dead to the what? When did you die to the law? When Jesus died. He became a curse. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Deuteronomy, I think it's, someone find out. I think it's chapter 21 or it's around somewhere in there. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Who hung on a tree? He was cursed. You were cursed when he was cursed. Your sins were, bop, they were done right there. Everything you've done wrong is right there when Jesus bore it on the cross. You are not guilty. You're not guilty. You're not guilty. Not only the sins that you did commit, any sin that you have commit better be on that tree or you're going to have to bear them. Good news is all your future sins are on that tree too. Now, when I sin, I confess and tell the Lord, please forgive me, but I know it happened on that tree. Because he became a curse, he became sin who knew no sin, that I might become the righteousness of God. Where? In him. He's my righteousness. Oh, happy day. I could sing it. Oh, happy day. That's why people that get saved, then they really know they're saved, they got a, a little little bump in their step they got a little hitch in their step because they know they're set free and they know their prayers get answered because they're righteous before God and you can go to God because he loves you you don't even need the pastor to pray he loves you and he's going to answer your prayer because he said he would you can go to God in Jesus name for that mercy seat and say God I don't deserve it Lord, I messed up again. I, oh, Lord, forgive me. I have, son. Oh, God, help me. I don't want to sin. Lord, thank you for your righteousness. Lord, thank you for making me holy. Thank you for changing me. Lord, I'm not looking around. I'm looking in a mirror, and I'm seeing you in that mirror. I'm, according to the scriptures in Hebrews 12, I'm looking to Jesus. I'm not looking at all my mistakes. I'm not nasal, navel gazing at all my sin. and all my, I'm not looking at the old man and trying to find righteousness in that old man. Lord, I'm done with that old man. I'm looking at you. I see myself in you. Oh, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me. I'm tired of looking at myself. Lord, I'm looking at you. And I'm seeing a beautiful picture. Are you really in me, Jesus? Woo! Am I getting carried away? Listen to this. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you might be married to another. Who are you married to now? Jesus. That old nasty, legalistic, critical, judgmental, nasty husband's dead. You ain't married to that guy no more always exacting on you, always making you do more, never loving you till you don't burn his toast and you sew his clothes and that dude's dead. You're married to that husband that brings you, on Valentine's Day, <laughs> brings you candy and flowers. You gain 10 pounds, he tells you you look better. Amen? You're married to that new one that just has Google eye. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He died for you. He went to the grave for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you because he's in love. Sorry about the candy and flowers, Pam. I'm, I'll, I'll do better, I promise. They bought us pork chops on Valentine's. Remember that? For when we were in the flesh, are you in the flesh now? You're in the spirit, my brother and sister. Don't let people tell you you're not. You're in the spirit. When you were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law, worked in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law. You're not just delivered from sin, you're delivered from the law. Which held us prisoner, that we should serve. Get this, we're still going to serve, but how are we going to serve? We're going to serve in newness of spirit. 
I'm going to serve God out of my heart. I'm going to serve God out of my spirit. I'm going to focus on following Jesus. I'm going to focus on loving God. I'm going to focus on loving Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus and put my affection. I'm putting my affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So at the ground level of these two systems, which we are learning to walk in, at the very root of it, you have to see that Jesus has become everything to you. That's the beginning. He himself is your righteousness. I'm going to try to make this my last scripture, and I'm hurrying. Galatians 2, I can tell my time's over. Galatians 2, I want to just confirm this in you so you see it. Galatians 2, 19. I can actually start with verse 16. This is better teaching than you realize. I'm not saying I'm doing a good job with it, but there's more here than you realize. You dig into this stuff, and when, you, when we really meditate and get this in our heart that we really are new creatures, it'll change how you live. It'll change how you give. It'll change how you pray. It'll change how you serve. It'll change how you love. It'll change everything about you will change. Doesn't the word say, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, and old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. You may not walk in the new, but it's new. And I want to teach you how to walk in the new in the next 20 weeks. I want to teach you how to walk in the new. If you want to be new, if you don't want to be new, if you want to hold on to your old life, yuck, you'll, yuck, you'll, you'll learn sooner or later, that's a yucky proposition, yuck. But if you want to hold on to your old life, you'll lose it. You'll lose it. If you want to give up your life and deny yourself and take on this new identity, you'll gain your life. You'll be blessed. You'll have righteousness, peace, and joy. Even in trials, if we learn, it's a process. It's a learn. It's a new way of living. It's a new way of being, and it works. It works. It works. It works. Because Jesus is in your jersey, and he works. It's in you. Someone say, it's in me. You ever see those commercials? I'll get to that and we'll finish. I know I'm going over my time. You ever see those commercials where that guy drinks that Gatorade? I've used this illustration before. You ever seen that? They drink orange Gatorade and they drink it all down. What color do they become on the inside? Orange. Or they drink the grape Gatorade. What color do they become on the inside? They become purple or grape, right? Or they drink the red and they say, it's in you. It's in you. Same with Jesus. He's in you. We're drinking, I say, Jesus juice. Okay, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. He's in you, and he's turning you into a new creation. Care what people do to me. If I'm following Jesus, we just had an absolute miracle, and I, I, we can't talk about the stuff that happens because sometimes it's personal. A lot of your battles are in your family. Who knows that? Oh, happy day. We just had a miracle yesterday. Something we prayed about, gave to the Lord, forgot about it. Bang, God answered yesterday because he's in me. How about you? He's in me. All right, I'm going to finish here. I could read all day. Let's take an hour and come back in an hour. Okay, okay I'm, I'm finishing. I know some people are already done, but I'm finishing. But when I saw they were not walking straight ride forward according to the truth of the gospel... I said before Peter, before them all, if you're a Jew and you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, why are you compelling Gentiles to live like Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is made righteous, a man is justified, uh, a man is not justified, a man is not made righteous by the works of the law, but by... Do you believe here today in Jesus do you trust in Jesus? You've been made righteous. You've been made right. You can pray. Now, if you sin, you've you got to go to the Lord and get it straight, straightened up. You'll break your fellowship. You don't break your righteousness. You'll break your fellowship. I, I can't go into one saved, always saved right now. I can't do it. A man is uh, made righteous, not by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even when we believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be made right by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, someone say it, no flesh 
shall be justified. No flesh shall be made right with God. Nobody, not one. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we are found to be sinners, is Christ therefore the servant of sin? Certainly not. If I build again the things which I destroyed, sin, I make myself a transgressor. Here it is. Here's the money verse. For I, through the law, died to the law. When did that happen? At the cross. Jesus died. The law put him on that tree. He was fulfilling the Old Testament, the prophets, the law. Cursed is that. Did anybody find that? Is it Deuteronomy 21? Whatever, whatever it is. Cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree. He was fulfilling the law. He became a curse for us. So I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to who? God. You get it? And the life I now live in the flesh or in my body, I live by how? Live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and loves me. Your identity has to start right there. Oh, I, I got to Who loves me and gave himself for you. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, Christ died in vain. If righteousness comes by the law, Christ died in vain. I don't frustrate the grace of God. Everything that we get from God is by grace, you don't earn it, through faith. And I mean your holiness. I mean, I mean your living right, it comes by faith. You'll see, I, I, I wanted to get to Romans 6, I ran out of time. You reckon yourself dead because you are dead. You consider yourself dead to sin because you are. The Holy Spirit will show you unproductive branches and he'll come in there and whack them off. He'll come in there and strike them off of you and show you that's not productive. Your anger is not productive. Let's get rid of that. Let's deal with that anger. You're ugly when you're angry, okay? So let's just deal with that anger. You're rebellious. Let's just deal with that rebellion. That, that, that's really ugly. That's unattractive. Let's just deal with that rebellion. It's really ugly. You are selfish. You are selfish. That's really not very pretty. Let's just deal with that self. Holy Spirit will make the life of Christ in you, the new creation, grow up in you. Do you want it? It's yours. It belongs to you. It's a gift. Someone say, it's a gift. Don't be an Indian giver. Okay, I want every, every eye closed, every head bowed. God, do this. If you don't know the Lord, be honest, you're still a sinner. That's what the Bible calls it. We're sinners separated from God. It sounds so critical, but we're all sinners without Jesus. You don't know the Lord, and you've never given the Lord your sins, your life, you're still struggling with sin or even with religion. You're still trying to earn it with God or maybe you, you don't even care. You're just living out there on your own. But you, today you see your problem and you want to give your life to the Lord. Can I see your hand? Say today, I want to give my life to the Lord today. No one can make you. I can't coax you into it. You got to want this thing. Is there anybody out there like that? We're going to go further in this. Okay, you're out there, and you say, Brother Brad, yeah, I give my life to the Lord, but I want to rededicate. I need to get back on the right track because I've stepped off, and I'm not going the right way, and I can see it. Can I see your hand? This is different than the first call. Okay, I see that hand. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Is there anybody else? I just want to pray with you. To the person that raised your hand, we're going to pray together after the service, okay? I want to come up and pray with you. We're just going to pray together. Over the next month or month and a half or two, I want to get more into this, and I really want the grace of God to teach us or we can learn together how to walk this thing out by faith. And I, I trust that you'd be praying for me because I trust that the Lord is going to show. You can see the categories that we're going down. 
And the Holy Spirit wants to come into your life and renew your mind and show you everything that Jesus has done for you so this freedom can be yours in experience. Someone say amen. amen. Father, I pray for everyone that heard the message today. I pray that the word of God, the truth of God, what Jesus did at the cross, because that's where it happened, gets into our hearts. I pray for people that are willfully sinning and they're indifferent, their hearts are hard, they don't want to change. Lord, give them mercy. Do stuff in their life to draw them into a personal relationship with you. They're not hiding, that they're coming out in the open, Lord, and they, they want to be, give mercy and grace unto those that might fit that category. Help us, Lord. Lord, I bless your people. The Word of God says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. I pray that we leave today without a sense of condemnation and guilt. We've been declared righteous by you, holy by you. We accept that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you're willing to volunteer to help, help folks, please come talk to me and let me know. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week.